This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Tell me, tell me, tell me, You're listening to Radio Kid, that is the voice of Hawke's Bay, and this is a program called The Wonderful World of Wardini Books. And it's my pleasure, as always, to have in the studio the wonderful Lou from Wardini Books in Havelock North, and something's coming between us. I know, it's a bit weird, Ken. Hello. Hello. How are you going over there? <laughs> We've got a screen. Yeah. As you do in this day and age, and uh, tell you what, I'm looking forward to it all being behind us. Yeah, same. Get It'll life. happen. Yeah, I wonder what... What will the new normal feel like? If they said, let's go back to normal tomorrow, it'd probably be a bit nerdy, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. I think everyone would be quite trepidatious. They'd be looking around like in, uh, do you remember that TV series called The Prisoner? Yes. Yeah, that was a good story, where the big white ball floated around. Oh, I don't remember a big white ball. Oh, no, that's, you're much too young to remember that program. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a bit. Anyway, we're just uh, here to uh, talk about some fabulous books, and mm. uh, one that would be right up my alley, Night Frights. Night Frights, and this is book one, and it's called The Haunted Moustache. Yes, and it's a children's book, isn't it? Yes. It's for, I would mustache. say... Yeah, The Haunted Moustache. <laughs> How can you resist it? So that's the kind of level of text. So it's probably for about um, a seven, eight... Nine, that kind of, mm. or nearly fifty. Yeah. Those kind, of, those kind <laughs> yes. of age groups. So in this one, you've got a bunch of kids, and they're at school, and they live in. Um, it's like Wolver. Where are they? Where do they live now? In a little village, anyway, a little town, and it, it feels quite American. And um, the kids, Lucas and Parker, they're in Mister Knopfler's class, mm. and in their town, every October the nineteenth. They all have to wear moustaches, so the men grow moustaches, mm. and the women and the children wear false moustaches, because um, the ghost of the magnificent moustache of Bocchius Beauregard haunts the town on October the 19th, because years before, say 100 years before, there was a massive explosion at mm. a quarry in which Bocchius was exploded, that's how they refer to it. And the only thing of him that survived was his moustache, which was found, <laughs> yes. you know... Five football fields away, yeah. still attached to his lip. Oh, wow. How, how gruesome is that? Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. And like, um, the person that found it like died of a heart attack, <laughs> died from fright. So the moustache is, is wandering the earth trying to find its oh, one wow. true home, you know. Yes. So um, there is some really, like, it's absolutely hilarious the way that Mr. Knopfler puts it and totally, like, terrifies the kids. Um, so towards the end of the first chapter when there's, there's all this setup. up... Uh, that caretaker had a bit of a moustache of his own. Rowdy, rowdy, rah. The entire fifth grade class sat at the edge of their seats. They gripped the edge of their desks. They watched Mr. Knopfler with wide, open, unblinking eyes. It will steal your lip for its own, yelled Mr. Knopfler, <laughs> leaping towards them. And they're all like, ah. So you can just see any, any kid that likes yeah. a bit of a scare with tongue in cheek, you know, a tongue in cheek yeah, yeah. sort of scare. Again, I absolutely love this book. So the kids, they've got this uh, night owl detective agency and they go out to see if they can find the moustache haunting things. If it's true or not, because some of the kids say, how can this be true? You know, no one's ever seen it for a hundred years. No one's seen this moustache. Um, and they go out and, and they find Bocchius Beauregard's grave because they think, well, it must start there. And uh, it is true. There is a haunted moustache. <laughs> yeah, so oh, wow. um, they try and, and defeat the moustache so that the town can rest easy on October the 19th. 
Sounds like a page turner. It was an absolute page turner, and it's just so funny. The kids are funny, and uh, Parker and Lucas team up with Samantha Van Oppelstein, and she's always called that. They never just call her Samantha. She's always Samantha Van Oppelstein. And um, she's almost like the Hermione character. Um, So she's the brainy one that does all the reading and the research behind it. And um, they're just a good bunch of kids. And uh, Sorry, it's by Joe McGee, and it's illustrated by Ted Scaffer. And, um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Well written. No fart jokes. Yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah, just nice nice and funny, but um, with a proper story. Sort of irresistible yeah. almost. Is it um, a one-off from that author, or do they have a series of them? No, there's a series, and uh, I these aren't the right glasses, but I can't. Night Frights number two is the luminous lima bean. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, there's a haunted bean or something going on next. So I shall be reading that. Excellent. All right. Mm. Now, tell us about Northeast Swell. Okay. The author, Aaron Topp, Mm -hmm. is from Central Hawke's Bay. And he is an award-winning author um, for young adults, mostly. He's been a teacher as well. And this one, I would say, is for kids of about 14 and up, or people, humans, Mm, of about 14 and up. And at... It's about a kid called Witty, and he's in his last year at high school. And his best friend is Alana, and he kind of fancies her. But they don't really get go out or anything. You know, it's all a bit... Um, sort of they've up. been a bit shy about the whole thing. Unrequited love, that sort of thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. We'll see how it pans yeah. out in the book. <laughs> um, and Witty's dad went missing eight years ago. So his dad was, at one point, an extremely successful New Zealand musician and um, hit the big time, made it big overseas, and then clearly had some kind of nervous breakdown. And um, he's come home and they're living the quiet life, him and his mum and his dad, and then dad just goes missing completely. And um, they don't know what's happened. It's devastated the family. And then, um, so Witty's about 18. He's a real keen surfer and so is Alana, but Witty's got this incredible connection with the ocean. Mm. So you know when you say, when you say it's calling my name, that yes. kind of thing, it really is calling his name. He hears it wow. calling to him spiritual. and using his name. It's very spiritual. Mm. And the descriptions um, that Aaron writes when he is describing the surf and the mm. tubes and some of the surfery language that I can't quite remember now, but it makes perfect sense when mm. you're reading it. And he gets a clue from a family member about what's gone off with his dad. And, of course, he's going to go and investigate that. But it becomes so much more. There's this kid that's moved to school um, from Australia called Geordie. And he's the big, tall, blonde, surfy kid. Um, Quite a sort of brash Australian. And uh, he kind of inserts himself in this relationship with Witty and Alana and um, has this big idea of where they can go off and catch some surf. And that all um, ties in with what happened years ago with Witty's father and his coral up the coast who re-emerges on the scene, reappears on the scene, and then there's this massive cyclone that brings it all together. Mm. And there's a bit of sort of like the industrialisation of climate change in there as well. So mm. there's sort of a political message, a mystical message, and a real good young adult coming-of-age story yeah. all at the same time. It's quite incredible. Sounds good. Now, a Hawke's Bay author, is it based in Hawke's Bay, the book? Will we, will we recognise the spot? It's based mostly in Wellington right. and up the coast from Wellington. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, which is pretty recognisable yeah. to most people you know they mention Cuba Street and, of course yeah. and uh, the last book we're going to review today uh, and it's all coming out of your head it's uh, Shelter Shelter by Douglas Lloyd <laughs> Jenkins and Douglas has got a um, a local connection so he was the director of the MTG when it became mm. the MTG and he's um, written all sorts of things on architecture and fashion and um, his late husband Peter, was Peter Wells mm. um, very famous New Zealand author also. So this is Douglas's first novel, Shelter, and it's set, I think, in the 80s, 
mostly, and then it comes up to, 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 to modern day. And it's about a young man called Joe, and he's a builder. And um, he knows something's kind of missing from his life. He just goes to work, he does his building. Um, and one day on the motorway, he notices this really cute guy in the, in the car behind him, and he's kind of trying to flirt through his wing mirror. <laughs> yeah. you know, the, 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 it's weird vision. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all quite like, you know, it's not going to work, Joe, is it? And anyway, he gets to work, and lo and behold, this guy, Leo, turns up on the building site as well. And he's trying to catch his attention and he's a bit awkward about it. And uh, eventually um, they, they form a connection, he and Leo. And Leo says, this is all quite cool. And yes, I am attracted to you, but I'm not gay, you know. Mm. And he's like, OK. And they kind of noodle along in their relationship and they live together. And, and it's all quite amazing. And Leo is responsible for the intellectual awakening of Joe because he's never been a reader. Mm. But he really gets him into literature and also architecture so they're builders but also from a sort of um, an architecture and a, a planning and a, and a making a beautiful building mm. point of view they do these night walks around Auckland and they're quite beautiful the descriptions of the night walks and looking at the old architecture of Auckland that they're worried is disappearing because of property developers anyway this is all happening right at the beginning of the book Leo gets cold feet about the relationship basically he wants to take it to something that that Joe doesn't want it to be and Leo just buggers off he disappears yeah. And um, Joe is absolutely devastated and it takes him a long time to come out of this, um, this, this relationship breakup. And he never really does. And he, he makes sort of a success of himself and he makes other friends. And then we get the, the flashbacks of what went on with Leo and then Leo coming back into his life when they're older men. Mm. And it is quite beautiful. So it's a love story between Joe and Leo. Mm. And it's about the development of their lives um, since this very intense relationship but it's also about the development of the buildings and you do kind of see Auckland in quite a different way is it a meandering book or is it no it's quite focused really Mm. yeah I mean there's a lot going on from what I've said there isn't there yes but um it really is it's it's Joe and it's Joe's head and oh you just I don't know if you ever saw that film truly madly deeply no it was Alan Rickman and he was a cellist and he dies Mm. and um I think it might be, I don't know who it is, Zoe Wanamaker or somewhere, is, is just like pining for him. And you've never seen such a depiction mm. of someone pining. <laughs> and I, I got the sense yes. of Joe's pining oh, and right. longing for, for Leo in this book. It was, it was so intense and it's so sad. But then how do you move on from that? And who helps you to move on from that? So when we close the final page... Would be uplifted. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it was a really neat story. There's a lot of hope in it for the buildings and for the humans. Yeah. And speaking of words, many many words. Do you do that word game Wordle? No. I bet you'd be good at it. I don't think so because someone sent it to me and I opened it. And I went, but there's no clues. Yeah, I know. It's just That's, completely yeah. black. I, I, I just couldn't be bothered. Well, I did I'm it not good morning. at puzzles. I've missed, missed two in a row, and a friend of mine on Facebook keeps posting, and they got the. The word and the second line. I thought. Well, yeah. I don't know. I thought who else would be good at that? I've got other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we want any of these marvelous books, where do we get them? Wardini books, please. Thank good you. Good on you, Lou. My pleasure as always. Look after yourself. Talk to same time, same place next week. Cheers, Kev. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.